Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It's Dr. Sophie. We are doing our weekly podcast. Thank you for all of your support. Always listening. Hopefully you're learning. Give me some feedback. I want to hear you like, you don't like, what you want different, what you need more of, because I'm really here to help you and me and us as a community to live, grow, raise better children, healthy children, mentally and physically. So let me know what you think and what you need. Last week, our podcast was uh, very interesting. We talked about psychopaths. We learned a lot of the traits that go into that criteria and how do you identify a psychopath from a clinical doctor standpoint, but also in layman terms so that you can understand the kinds of things that you would look for in somebody who is a true psychopath. We also talked about how to deal with people who are pathological liars, which is not always the same as a psychopath. It's the uh, pathological lying that's part of the criteria for a psychopath, but alone you can also have a pathological liar, we learned. All of this great information and all of these criteria and the questions we had, the voicemails and the emails are on my website at www.drsophie.com or on my phone app on iTunes. So jump in. It's all there for you for free. This week we are talking about passive aggressive behavior. What is that? How many times have somebody said to you, you know, you're being passive aggressive or that's really passive aggressive of him or her? What does that mean? That's what we're going to talk about today. What is that really about? Is that a real behavior? Is that just words? Is it, what does it mean? And how do you deal with it if you have somebody that you know in your life that does it or if you're doing it yourself? And then ways to kind of navigate it and is there treatment for it and all that kind of stuff and where it comes from. So we will be talking about passive aggressive behavior with a really special guest. Okay, joining me, we're talking about passive aggressive behavior today. And with me is a really special person. Signa Whitson. She is a LCSW, I like to say, but that really means licensed clinical social work. She's the author of The Angry Smile, The Psychology of Passive Aggressive Behavior in Families, Schools, and Workplaces. Can't get a better expert who knows more about this stuff than Signa. Are you there with me? I sure am. That's a great welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Where are you calling from? I am from Pennsylvania. Where? Me too. I'm in California right now. It's cold here. I know. I'm from PA. I saw that. You were at PECOM. I am. Uh, where are you from in PA? Um, I'm a little bit north of Philadelphia in the Lehigh Valley, originally from Baltimore. Very um, nice. But I've been up here for about 15 years now. So Good for you. Well, thank you for giving me your time and expertise today. My pleasure. So we're talking about passive-aggressive behavior. I mean, like, what is it? That is a great question to start with um, because I find all the time that there's a lot of confusion about what passive-aggressive behavior even means and uh, a lot of pop psychology terms out there sort of yeah, towards the term. Exactly. Um, we define it as a deliberate and masked way of expressing covert feelings of anger. Ah. Um, so that, that's sort of a complicated way of uh, making the point that the behavior is intentional, but it's also intentionally hidden. Ah. And the goal of the passive-aggressive person is to keep their own anger a secret while causing somebody else to act out their anger for them. Uh, give me an example. Oh, I can give you tons of examples. Um, probably one of the things that's most uh, infuriating to parents is when they're talking to their kids and they want their kids to do a chore or come to the table for dinner, um, and the child really doesn't want to. Um, they'd rather watch TV or play their video game or doing whatever they're doing. So the child, but the child knows better than to say no because right. um, that doesn't fly at home. It doesn't fly in school or even in most relationships or in the workplace. Um, so the child will verbally comply and say, I'll be right there, but 
they don't actually turn off the video game or the TV or stop what they're doing. So they procrastinate, they engage in a series of delayed behaviors. They stay completely calm, but eventually the parent who has called them after the fifth time of calling them to the table um, is infuriated. Oh, and yeah. yelling and screaming and acting in a way that they yeah. wouldn't normally. How many parents out there have done that? I just did it three times this morning with my own child. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So it's really, again, go over it with me, a deliberate way to send a message, basically, in a different kind of distracting behavior? Um, it, can, it can be. And, you know, the way I explained it with the way, um, you know, you've been in this dynamic over and over, and kids engage in this so commonly, there's a difference between people who are passive-aggressive because um, it's just the situation that they're in, and, you know, they don't feel like complying at the moment versus the person who uh, has adopted passive-aggressive behaviors as a way of life and handles most situations in that way. So there's a distinction, so, you're saying? Well, I think there's a, there's a distinction in, um, and in, in the book, The Angry Smile, we talk about pathways to a passive-aggressive personality and mm. what kinds of things happen in a person's childhood that leads a person to behave this way most of the time in most of their relationships versus um, all of us to engage in passive-aggressive behaviors every now and again, because sometimes it's just more socially appropriate to be passive-aggressive right. than it is to get into an argument. With right, them. and that's another point I want to, like, help me and, and our listeners understand. There is times when it is appropriate and okay, and then there's the times that it becomes the primary tool you use, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and, and that's, I mean, that's really the distinction, so and what, I think um, in our culture... A lot of us are raised and socialized to avoid conflict. And there are times when, um, you know, there's, it's just a more civil society. If we don't always uh, behave in a way that is completely upfront with people, we don't always want to tell our boss how annoyed we are with a request right. or our teacher how much we don't feel like finishing our math homework. Right. So there's times that it is more um, socially appropriate to verbally agree but maybe behaviorally delay. Um, but then there's other people who just, again, engage in this behavior ritually. And in a marriage when someone never can be open and honest, instead they're always withdrawing or sulking or giving someone the silent treatment. Um, that's the kind of behavior that over time really wears down a relationship. Yeah, it's gross after a while. It's too high maintenance. Absolutely. Because you send these signals out where you have, like you said, verbal agreement but behavioral uh, confusion. And then you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out, well, like, what they said is not what they did, and what they did isn't what they say, and you're, you, am I nuts? Is that really what they said? And is that the goal of a passive-aggressive person, to get the other person spinning and confused sometimes? I think that's exactly the goal. Um, the the passive-aggressive person tends to be very bright um, and a good psychologist. They know what it takes to push someone else's buttons, and they get some pleasure out of doing that, out of be able, being able to create an angry reaction in someone else while they're keeping their cool. And that's really the essence of um, the phrase, the angry smile. Got it. A aggressive person is a master at keeping their cool, but also at infuriating others. Got it. Okay, so a couple other questions before we take some voicemails and stuff. What do you think, I mean, is there, how, is there help for this kind of stuff? I mean, what do you do about it if you know of somebody or you even you know, find yourself doing it, one of our listeners or somebody? Is there, what do they do? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and it's really, it's really twofold. So, again, one of the greatest threats of passive-aggressive behavior is how the recipient 
becomes worn down and just emotionally flooded before they even realize that the passive-aggressive dynamics are in play. So when we talk about, you know, what's the best way to respond, you know, how can we sort of fix this? The first thing is that people have to be able to recognize passive-aggressive behaviors as they're happening. Um, Sort of know it when you see it before you're storing up all of this anger. And then the second is to be able to just disengage emotionally from the passive-aggressive person. All right, do them again. Tell me them again. Number one is? The first one is to to know it when you see it, to recognize passive-aggressive behavior as it's happening. So Um, know that that red... Yes, know the red flag. Got it. That way you can sort of talk, you know, engage in your own self-talk. Okay, I understand what my student, my child, my husband, my boss is doing right now. And then you can make a conscious decision to disengage emotionally, um, to, to not react. Um, you know, and one of the things I tell people all the time, like the best way to respond to a passive-aggressive person is to stay cool. As simple as that sounds, they are trying to rev you up and create an angry reaction in you. And if you give them that angry reaction, you're reinforcing the behavior. Got it. Okay, one quick question before we take a caller. Do you think that they're trying to get you to be angry because they don't know how to be, they're afraid to be, or what? I think you hit it on the on the head. I think, you know, that pathway to this personality is that this is a person who has learned that anger equals bad or mm. anger equals danger, and they're sort of really invested in not showing that emotion themselves. But that emotion's got to go somewhere. Um, so they're experts in getting other people to act out that emotion for them. Got it. Okay, let's take a caller. Jane. Jane is calling in. Jane, you there? I'm here. Hey, Jane, you're on the phone with Dr. Sophie and Signa Whitson. Hi, Dr. Sophie. How are you? Good, thank you. How can we help you? I have a coworker. I've, I've been working at this place for about six months, and I've been having small incidents with this coworker. She kind of, I know she doesn't like me because I've talked to other people that work there, um, and they've admitted it. She's talked to them about me, but she's never said anything directly to me. But she'll make these weird comments, these passive aggressive comments to me. Um, sometimes face to face, sometimes over over text message. And I don't know if I should. I don't know how to handle it. I've asked her, and she hasn't admitted to anything. So I don't really know where to go from here. Okay. I mean, Cigna, um, we hear this all the time. What do you think? Um, well, first of all, I think you said some really interesting things. You, um, she, she doesn't address these things with you, but you hear about them through other people. So she's being very indirect, um, right. sort of using the power of the group against you. Um, yeah. Which now can create some, even some paranoia in you. You know, you have to wonder what are other people saying. Um, you know, sort of the backhanded compliments you mentioned. Yeah. Um, now, you said that you've talked to her about it, or you've mentioned that she seems angry. Well, I just, I'd asked her, I said, you know, hey, did I do something wrong in whatever situation it was? So, like, there was an example where she she was upset that I asked her to cover a shift for me at work. Mm-hmm. But she covered it for me, and she never told me she was upset. She told one of my coworkers she was upset, and then texted me later on in the day saying this very backhanded thing to me and I knew I you know I saw it like I completely like saw it coming yeah but when I asked her she didn't admit it to me but why can't that just be she's not comfortable to tell you and so she was uncomfortable and did it but you say she's making you pay a price now 
I think so. I mean, she's making me very uncomfortable sometimes. So how should she deal with this? Well, I think what you did is very effective. Sharing the thought with her, just having that observation, you know, it seems to me that you're angry with me mm-hmm. for making this request of you to, to cover my ship. And I think, predictably, she's going to deny it. That's what a passive-aggressive person does. Really? Uh, they hide their anger. Right. They never own so it. So your goal is not to get her to admit the anger. Your goal is just to do what you did, just to affirm that the anger is there. Sort of use assertive but benign statements that you recognize that she's upset with you for whatever yeah. reason, and then I think you can leave it there. Whether she admits to it or not isn't the goal. The goal is that her anger isn't a private secret anymore. Right. Um, yeah. And she's going to have to relate to you in more emotionally honest ways because, again and again, you're going to be that person that is assertive and direct and sort of exposes her anger, not in an in-your-face confrontational way. So respectfully yeah. respectfully go and, di- and deal with it. Absolutely. Directly. And I would say if you, you know, it, this approach might not work after one time. It might not even work twice. But if you're a person that is just consistently direct yep. and assertive oh. with yep, yep, her, yep. she's going to have to change the way she relates to you. Or she's not going to deal with you and she'll move on to some other victim. Right. But okay, so so moving forward, I should just continue to, like, to confront it with her in, a, in like, a nice way. Yeah, I think. Okay. I, I would, and I would um, resist the temptation to, um, very often with passive-aggressive people, we sort of mirror their behavior. Um, so I would resist the temptation to talk about her with other people as she is doing to you. Right, right, right. Okay. That's good. Yeah, yeah. you're going to get in a tangled, passive-aggressive web if you do that. Right. And so that's yeah. What, and when you handled it directly is spot on. Good for okay. you. Jane, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope that helps. Thank you. All right, Signal, let's take a email. Stu from Dallas is asking, can passive-aggressive behavior change or just managed? Um, well, it can be both. Um, it, it can change. So there's the good news. And um, I think what we just talked about with our caller is sort of, um, you know, we'll stay along those lines. The passive-aggressive person, when he, real, he or she realizes that she can't get their target to store up and act out their angry feelings, then they have to change. They have to find a different way to relate to them. So the change begins not necessarily with the passive-aggressive person, but with their target, with the recipient of their anger. If that person changes their response, the passive-aggressive person has to change. But, you know, the idea with behavior is that it's always purposeful. And if that passive-aggressive person is successful in getting someone to act out their angry feelings, they're going to do it again and again and again. So really the core of the change is within the target or you who are the recipient. And then if that relationship is a valuable one and one that needs to stay in place, the person doing it will eventually change if you stay consistent. They're going to have to. Good. Okay. How about we do a voicemail? Hi, uh, my name is Benjamin, and um, I am currently uh, actually a grad student, um, and I have a question about um, a fellow a grad student in our lab who's kind of had issues with our advisor, um, who sometimes isn't easy to get along with, and instead of kind of like directly addressing our, you know, his problems with our advisor, um, just kind of... Uh, uh, does things to undermine him in other ways. So let's say there's someone else visiting the lab and he kind of 
makes offhand remarks, offhand remarks about our advisor, and I really feel like it undermines the lab. And you know, I'm afraid of you know this kind of eventually getting back to our advisor and um, you know making it hard on all of us. So I'm just wondering, you know, how can my friend here like you know directly address his issues with our advisor to kind of help help them move on and, and, and heal this relationship? Well, wow. I mean, that just goes to show you that crazy levels that this behavior can like translate to and how all areas of life have this, huh? Don't you think, Sig? Oh, I, that's, that's Unbelievable. absolutely true. And um, it, in the angry smile, we take passive-aggressive behavior very seriously. Yeah, and it is true. a serious behavior, as you said. It's very, it can be very destructive um, and distressing. But sometimes we also have to laugh at the lengths that people will go to yeah. to avoid expressing their anger directly. Um, you know, they take 20 steps to do it, you know, in a backhanded way, um, right. undermining people, um, doing it indirectly, when it would really only take two steps to let someone know how they're feeling. But this passive-aggressive person is just sort of so fearful that their life is going to get worse if they're direct with their anger, that yeah. they really do go out of their way. So what are we going to um, tell this guy? Uh, yeah, I would tell him, that, you know, I'm just repeating the same message, but really um, the, the, the straight line is the shortest way. The only way to deal with this behavior is to be direct and to encourage someone. I think he's asking how he can advise his coworker. I mean, I think the advice is to be straightforward and direct. Okay, so is this, though, different because it's an authority figure? Because that does um, do a power thing on your head. Right, right. The dynamics in a workplace can be very tricky. Yeah, um, and scary. Yeah. Especially in this economy, right? No one wants to stick their neck out. Right. No one wants to lose their job. Um, but see here, let me tell you something that I think of a lot of times. So you have a situation like this or any employee who feels squeezed by a passive-aggressive super superior. They either suck it up and their anger doesn't feel like it's a safe thing to express. And then they do the same thing passive-aggressive-wise where they're doing a verbal agreement. What did you say? Verbal agreement, behavioral... Delay. Delay. I mean, so are they teaching passive-aggressive behavior then? You know, in those fear-based places where you have, don't have the power from a supervisor. I think what you said is completely correct, and I think that passive-aggressive dynamic, that conflict cycle, can spin on and on and yeah. on. It can go on for years. Yeah. Um, and the funny thing about passive-aggression in a workplace is usually the passive-aggressive person stays and eventually everyone else leaves. Right, because... because it, it becomes intolerable. Right, they, ch they chase everybody out. Yeah. So I think, but, I still think what you said is right. The baseline is the same response you give to anybody. Send the message respectfully, consistently, and you have to believe in yourself. And there is going to be a risk with it, yes. But hopefully, if you do it in a way that's safe for that other person and collaborative and you meet with them or you do whatever to make it emotionally safe for them but respectful to get your point across it should really start to extinguish it and shut it down yeah absolutely because again if you're not um if you're not a good target if you're not blowing up in anger and getting frustrated and yeah. you know, doing all those things then it's not working for the passive aggressive person right they don't you're need you move on and find someone else right and i mean i've been in those posi positions where i've been the subordinate and i've had to you know, sit with somebody who was my superior and say, look, I get what you're trying to do, say, but it really, this is a better way for me or whatever. And I, you know, you just shut it down in some nice therapeutic way. And then you take the power out of that whole blow up and then they move on to somebody else. But that doesn't mean they discount you and you're off to the side. Sometimes they respect you highly for that.
Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I think there's other protections that you can bring in with you. If you want to have a third person that's in on the conversation, um, just to sort of verify that you've been respectful and you've behaved the way that you said you were going to behave. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's things like that that are sometimes right. helpful. Thank you. Let's do another voicemail, and then I'll set you free. All right. Hi, Dr. Sophie. This is Trish in New York. I am in a great relationship with my boyfriend, who I've been with for about a year, and I really want it to work out. But lately, he's been acting really passive-aggressively. Um, I've noticed it's not just with me. He's been doing it with our friends and his family also. Um, so I don't think it's just me or our relationship. And even though it doesn't usually bother me much right now, it's a new development. So I'm kind of worried that over time it will build up and get out of control if we don't kind of address it now. Um, do you have any suggestions for how I can talk to him about this and what we can do about it? Thanks very much for your help. Bye. Great, great situation. I mean, it's really indicative of what goes on in a lot of people's lives. What do you think? Well, I think um, she is wise to be thinking about her future. Yeah. Because in general, uh, the passive-aggressive dynamics, if they're unchecked, they don't get better. They get worse. And, um, you know, if her boyfriend is passive-aggressive, and let's say that this is how he handles himself in most relationships, which it sounds like might be true, then as he gets further and further into a relationship with her, he's going to start to sort of see her as the template for all the other relationships that he's had right, in his life right. where anger hasn't been right. okay. Right. And I think more and more he's going to take things out on her. So I think her choices are to address it early on while the relationship is good, to be very direct with him whenever she sees the passive-aggressive behavior. Um, so before the point where she's had it and she's angry, to be able to ask him, you seem upset right now. Right. Did I do something, you know, that, that angered you? And to just start to model this assertiveness. And, you know, maybe maybe she can change the dynamic. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, you yeah. know, sort of be a role model, so to speak. You usually think about that um, with an adult and a child, but be a role model in a relationship for how well assertiveness and directness can work. Absolutely. And so if not, I, you know, she maybe have to be wise enough to move on. Yeah, that's true. Great advice. The other question I have for you, though, about that is, if it's a new kind of recognized behavior or mode of communicating in a relationship, I think the sooner you address it, the better, correct? I agree. Okay. Because Absolutely. It's the easier longer to it goes down. on, um, the, the firmer it gets rooted. It just yeah. becomes a part of how your relationship functions. Got it. Okay. And then, are there levels of passive-aggressive behavior? I think there were, but I wasn't sure. Are there different levels of it, or is it just intensities? Or how do you figure yeah, that out? Absolutely. We in in the anger smile, we identify five different levels of passive-aggressive behavior. And the beginning is sort of that everyday, verbally agreeing something, but behaviorally delaying. It's telling your your mom or your teacher, "I'll be right there," but never actually doing it. And we all engage in that kind of behavior. Every single one of us does that at times. Um, the next level we call intentional inefficiency, when you agree to do something to carry out a task, but you do it in such an unacceptable way that you're basically hoping no one will ever ask you to do that task again. And, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know if you want me to go through all five, but basically we go from these levels that are fairly benign, fairly everyday, to more serious, more pathological and chronic levels. And at the... Um, the tail end of that, we call it self-depreciation. That's when a person is willing to sabotage themselves in order to get back at someone else. 
Okay, so um, I do want you to name the five and tell me, are they from less severe to most severe? Yes. Okay, so go through them right. so just those, really quickly. Those early ones we call temporary compliance, intentional inefficiency. Those are the things that we all do from time to time. It's when someone does them all the time that it becomes a problem. Got it. The third level is um, when you let a problem escalate, you know that the tank is out of gas. You know that a person drops their keys. Um, you could prevent the problem if you let someone know it was happening, but you're angry and you're going to get some satisfaction in letting them have this problem. Right. So you, like, you get your anger out by watching them suffer and be angry. Right. Exactly right. Scary. Um, fourth level, um, which I also do a lot of work in the field of bullying, and I see yeah. this in relational aggression all the time. It's the hidden but conscious revenge. You are going to get back to some, at someone by spreading a vicious rumor behind the anonymity of the Internet. Um, in, in, in whatever secret way you're going to get back at someone, and you know it's going to hurt them, but they'll never know that it was you. Right, that stinks. Um, and then the last level is this, what we call self-depreciation. The child who sabotages their own academic career because they know it'll horrify their parents. Um, the, the person at work who sabotages a whole team effort um, and sabotages their own career, but it's worth it because they hate their their boss so much. Got it. Okay. So tell me a little bit about you, where we can find you and all of your great information and your book. <laughs> okay. Well, um, my name again is Signa Whitson, which is a tough one, um, but I have a website that's signawitson.com. And I also work for the Life Space Crisis Intervention Institute, and this book, The Angry Smile, really came out of the work that we do with kids in that have self-defeating patterns of behavior and helping adults help kids. So information about life space, passive aggressive behavior, and the bullying work I do is all there on my website. Very nice. And it isn't that tough of a name, by the way. It's Cigna, but with an E, S-I-G-N-E. Correct. So well, it's, it's, uh, it wasn't tough for you, and I thank you for that, because my whole life I've heard it pronounced a million and one ways. So you actually got it right. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for your time, expertise, and you guys got to reach out to Cigna Whitson. SignaWitson.com. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was pretty good. We uh, learned a lot about passive-aggressive behavior where we all have it to a degree, but when it becomes the only tool you use, it's kind of scary, and it's really going to wreak havoc on your life. And I think you got to take a look at this stuff. And all of us, we have to, but I really think that if you have somebody who does this in your life, you really got to shut it down for your benefit as well as theirs and the relationship. But... We're going to learn, and all of this information I'm going to tell you today is on www.drsophie.com or on my free phone app on iTunes. Four key points I want you to take away from today about passive-aggressive behavior. Number one, understand that, that is, it is a deliberate way for someone to express a feeling in a hidden way. So they're deliberately getting anger out, but in a hidden way. So... The feeling is there, it is negative, but it's sugar-coated in some way to provoke you to get angry. So it's getting you to be angry in a passive way. That's why it's called passive-aggressive behavior. Second thing, the core of a passive-aggressive behavior message person is anger. And that anger has been given the label of that's a bad emotion to express, either from their childhood or somehow they had an understanding in an experience in their life. So they don't feel safe to express their anger in any other way than to hide it. So that is what the core is. And when you have somebody who's passive-aggressive, really looking at what is making them angry is really the start and the real benefit of the treatment. 
The third thing I want you to understand is the risk of passive-aggressive behavior is that you are going to wear down the recipient of that. So if it's your husband or your wife or your friend or your child or the parent, you're going to risk that these people are going to get angry, obviously, but worn out and disconnected. So there is a risk. Be careful. And then the fourth thing I really need you to understand is there are five levels of passive-aggressive behavior, and you can learn a lot about these on uh, Cigna Whitson's website at Cigna Whitson, S-I-G-N-E Whitson at SignaWitson.com, but there are five levels. The first one is a temporary compliance, insufficiency, escalating problems, hidden conscious revenge, and then the last and most probably severe level of passive-aggressive behavior is self-deprecation, I think. And so it's really pretty scary behavior. It has really bad outcomes for everybody, the recipient, the doer, the doer, the donor, all that kind of stuff. It's really scary stuff. So you got to see it because it's so hidden. You could sit there trying to figure out, wow, did that guy really say that to me? I don't think I like that, but I'm not sure. Maybe he didn't mean it. You can get yourself into a crazy circle, your circular self-dialogue. That will end nowhere, and before you know it, you're really angry and enraged, and that's what they want. So shut it down, deal with it, deal with it appropriately, deal with it consistently, deal with it respectfully, and once you shut it down, the person will either move on to somebody else or they will learn themselves that that just doesn't work and maybe find better ways. So thank you for listening. 1-855-767-4966, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW. Take your calls, your voicemails, anything you need. Send me some emails at www.drsophie.com. Go to iTunes, get on my free phone app, tons of information there. My book, Side by Side, The Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Conflict-Free Communication Handbook. It tells you how to deal with your daughter and your mother. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And most importantly, don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up, oh.